on your stereo Don't compare us to anything, this a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order Intellectually petty radio on the stereo Don't compare us to anything, this a different scenario We break records while we pushing the culture forward Great music and big vibes right in that order And you are now tuned in to another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still. And as always, Nerd DJs, shout out to the OG's OG, DJ Johnny O, um, and my guy T-Rex. And today, well, you know, man, I only fuck with legends, bro. I, I, I say it every week. And I'm never lying. And today is no fucking exception, man. We 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 got international superstar Nigeria's own Demola. What's going on, bro? How you doing? I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, Jobs. No doubt, man. How, how's life? How's your family? Life is good. Family is good. Everything is great. You know, it's a blessing. Yeah. Man, and and we were talking off air a little bit about how how you've grown in the last few years. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what would you what would you say would be the biggest growth you've had in the last let's say five years? Yeah, I was actually say the biggest growth has been my creativity as an artist. Um, that part of me has actually you know evolved because being a musician is something, being an instrumentalist is something, being a music producer is something, but being an artist is something on stage as a performer and behind the scenes in terms of creating your own music and writing your songs and developing your sound you know my sound has really changed over the past i mean it's developed really matured over the past five years you know that's major first first thing i'm actually gonna you know you know really talk about as regards on maturity okay why why the violin what what was it about the violin that made you pick that up yeah so a lot of times you know you know like why the violin truly why the violin and and I, I always say this story, which is ever going to be the truth. It is, I never wanted to play the violin. Never. <laughs> I thought it was for white people, and I felt it was not cool for me. It was not cool for us, because, I mean, where I grew up in the hood, we never looked at violin, like, what? Like, you know? That's that's what we felt like, you know, it was. We felt like it was some, or maybe when you play like carols or burial music or you know, those classical music. And we didn't really care about it from where I came from, you know. We cared about mm -hmm. more upbeat music, more Afro beats, more dancey, hip hop, you know. And hip hop is very huge, and you know, they crossed over to Africa, crossed over, went to the hoods in Africa, you know, crossed over to the hoods of Nigeria. So it was either hip hop, pop, or the regular, you know, our own music. And it was more of drums and trumpets and, you know, bass and all of that. But my brother was playing the piano in church and he wanted me to play the violin. And he was, because we used to do a lot of stuff together. And he'd mm. be like, you know, when we young would perform there, I would sing and he would, you know, drum and dance together. And so we, we grew up doing a lot of fun stuff together. And he started playing the piano in church and I liked it and I was supporting him and he wanted me to play the, an instrument with him. And then one day he came up to me and I was like, you know what, I want you to play the violin. And I'm like, eh. Because he had a friend who was playing the violin, and he was a professional violinist. And I did not want to play the violin, so we go into a fight. Not a physical fight, but an argument. <laughs> and then, you know, cussed each other out. And I was like, you know what? Okay, I'm going to go pick the violin. My mom had to call me. I was like, you know what? You're your brother. You know, you're the only sons I have. So you, get, you guys have to be together. I always have to agree. Just pick up the violin so there can be peace at home. So I went to church, picked up the violin. And over time, I found that I started teaching myself the violin and I wanted to figure out, I was curious. I just wanted to know why, you know, the violin sounded the way it was. Mm -hmm. And I started playing the violin using the church instrument. I started figuring things out. I did some music classes when I was in grade eight. So I went back to like my notes and trying to remember some stuff and ask some questions from people who understood. And I figured out my skills. And when I figured out my skills, that was the first thing that kind of, you know, gave me that oh yes my skills you know and i was so excited about it i wanted to do more stuff and i wanted to play music that my friends knew mm -hmm. you know, so when did, when did you go to your brother and say yeah bro you was right i didn't see anything to him <laughs> 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 I, did 
I didn't say anything to him. One day he walked up, I think he was trying to come see, you know, um, his friend or whatever. And then he walked and he saw me playing the violin. I think it was his, my, my, his friend who walked up and saw that him. Because his friend, me and he were not, me and his friends were not friends, you know. And he was never always around because he was in school and college then, you know, probably travel around and come and see. So one of those days he saw that, yo, this boy is playing so good. And what's happening? You know, people were around me, gathering around me, and I was teaching people how to play. Wow. <laughs> how to bow. And I was telling them, no, this is not, this is how to run your skill. So, you know, that he that that guy told my brother that, yo, your brother is onto something. You know, come and see him. And then he came and then he walked up. I just saw somebody just slapped my head. You know, that's how we play. I just slapped my head and I just turned and I saw it and I'm like, how far? And I just said, how far? Like, what's up? What's good? And then we just shook hands and he just walked away. It was no biggie. It was no noise. It was nothing. We just shook hands and he just walked away and that was it for us. It was cool. You know, yeah, it's kind of like me and my brother. Like, we're not like, we're not about to be all syrupy and super never. emotional. We're you never. We're going to talk shit. But if something happened, we're there for each other. Definitely. You know. Definitely. You know, my mother used to hate I- that too. <laughs> and then I became a very popular violinist back in the country, you know, young popular violinist, and he was a very popular pianist, you okay. know. And one of one of those days, he was out gigging and performing, and people were just people were talking about me, but they didn't know that we were brothers because, of course, they never saw us together. Mm-hmm. And they were like, "Yo, this is violinist. He's sick, bro. This is a young boy. He has his afro. He's stubborn, bro. He's who though? But bro, this boy is this." And he just kept quiet. I was listening to them. And he smiled and he smiled. I heard he called. He came home. He didn't even call me. He came home and he was like, "Yo, guess what?" I'm like, "What well, we're eating?" He was like, "Yeah." So some of the people were talking about you, and I'm like, "What it is? Did like, I get into a fight? Did they talk about my fight?" But did I say anything? He's like, "Nah." He's like, "They say you're cold, bro." <laughs> oh, that's dope. He's like, he's like, I'm shocked. I've not heard you play. He said, the way they're talking about you, I've really not heard you play. I'm like, I right, cool, come pull up to church and see me. He's like, nah, I need to see you perform somewhere. You know, I'm like, okay, one of these days when you have, when we have, you know, stuff that would bring us together. Because we just play in church and church never had really, I never really, because I'm a performer, you right. know, in, church was just church music. So you would just play in the orchestra in church, teach people and that was it. So it was more like church stuff. It was not like, oh, he's cold outside. You right. know, so he was like, wait, my brother? And they were like, so he didn't tell them we were brothers. He just, he just let it go. Yeah. Mm. Until one so, particular, one particular day when they found out, they probably found found out that we we're brothers, and they were like shocked. <laughs> yeah. So, so how did you end up coming to the states? Music. Um, I while I was playing the violin, I started playing with like orchestras. I started playing with like uh, jazz bands, string quartets, and then I started getting invitation to come do festivals here, and also perform with some artists. That was mm. how I go to Europe and come to. But I was going as a music, I was going as a, an instrumentalist, you know, just playing mm. with musicians, playing with, you know, artists, playing with, you know. And when I do some festivals, you know, you meet musicians and they're like, you know what, well, let's jam together, let's go on tour, and then we do some stateside tour and all of that, or some cities, and then I'm back to the country again and tour in Africa. And so that's how I came to America, basically. That's how I actually came, you know, um, just music, music. But then I decided to stay back after like visiting America like twice, mm-hmm. three times on tour. I was like, you know what? My friends wanted me to stay back, you know? They wanted, cause I was, I was bent on living in London. I wanted to go to live in London, do my grad school in London, pursue my music career as a solo artist. Now that I am a solo artist, that's what I wanted to do in London. Mm-hmm. And my friends were like, you know what? How about you try America first and see if it doesn't work for you in six months, then you change your mind and go back to London. That's why I did it. And I got stuck. So at what point did, did you decide that, you know what? I want to, I want to cover songs. You know, I mean, I've always been playing songs, you know, but as regards covering these songs, you know, um, I used to, I never, I never really got on social media. I never really thought of doing stuff on social media, Facebook, like play and record. But when I do like shows and stuff, we play like jazz, jazz, you know, jazz themes, you know, jazz mm-hmm. standards. I started playing pop music. I started playing hip hop in jazz shows. People would go crazy. You know, so it became it became a thing that I was always doing, you know, with different stuff. So when I came on social media and I wanted to start as the more the more the violinist on social media, I just felt like, you know, we're playing songs that people know would actually bring more people to my page. So that's how I started. My yeah. first ever video that I posted on social media as the Mola, because I did some stuff with like my band. I had a band that created like two bands and everyone was just ah, all over the place. So I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna do my own thing, you know. 
and then I started my own thing. And my first video that I did was um, Hotline Bling. Who? Hotline Bling, Bling by Drake in 2016. <laughs> that, was the first, that was the first video I did. That was the first cover I posted. And, you know, it got good reception from people. People were like, oh, this guy, this is, this is new. You know, I started posting it on different pages. Just wanted to see how people were going to react to it. And then I did another song. Um, um, was uh, um, um, Afrobeats rapper artist um, Olamide. I did a song and I started doing more songs that people could relate to and that's how I started. I did Sorry by Justin Bieber. People loved it too and people started oh, we like your shit. Come on, you know. <laughs> I mean, it gotta be good for the ladies too. I know they love that shit. You know, the ladies too, they love that shit but I ain't gonna lie. Yo, any Tupac songs? Yeah, I know, I know, I know a couple. I know like a couple, like a lot of songs that you know. I do like rap music. I love Tupac, Tupac songs a lot. You know, I play some of them in shows. Um, if I'm gonna do it and post it, I want to be able to release it. That's why I'm not done because any of these guys, like top legends, hip hop legends, rap legends, when I do their song, a lot of people are gonna go crazy for it. People are gonna want to stream or download it. So I want to be able to get the rights to it so that I can do it and have it out. That's why I've not done any Tupac song yet. Oh, oh my God, man! But it's coming. It's coming this year, though. I have a, I have a few songs that I feel like um one or two of your songs that I feel like I want to do it. He and Biggie. Oh, uh, you know what would be dope? Uh, uh, Notorious Thugs. Do, do, if you can, if you can get one, get that one. Oh my God, love that song, man. <laughs> or, or one more chance. One more chance. Yeah, one more chance is fire too, man. <laughs> Yo, how I'm looking at you got several violins and they don't look cheap. What's yeah, a what's a, what's a good price for a violin? I mean, it all depends. Like, you know, there's violins, violins for students. You know, there's violins for, you know, professionals. There's violins for intermediates. You know, I'm envying your red wine, bro. I feel like I I should be dipping on some, on some too. Look, I, I even got my own little glasses and shit. I don't know if you can see that. I just got intellectually petty radio on there too. Oh wow, wow, that's yeah. really fly. Yeah, this is about as, as fancy as I get, though, bro. Yeah, you're really fancy. Well, you, well, you know, you're looking rich. You got a lot of money, bro. No, no, bro. You're looking rich. Like, I'm about clean. to perform. I'm about to perform. That's why I'm dressed like this. <laughs> Whatever, man. You just, <laughs> about you just, you're about to go to the gas station. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dressed like this. I was, I'm going to wear like a T-shirt or something. <laughs> I got to always look rich. So people be like, okay, you know. But I'm not bad at that. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I think we asked the question. You asked me a question. I missed that. I don't know, bro. <laughs> no, let me ask you this. What was the first song, your first solo song of, of, of your own, your original music? My own original music, my first original music that I, is it put out or played? That you put out? My first original song I put out was Say Yes. It's called Say Yes. Um, Say Yes. And it was, I put it out in 2017. It was a vocal and violin song. I love that song a lot. <laughs> so, so at what point did you say, you know what? I'm about to start singing. Fuck it. I've always been singing. You know, I've always. Yeah. But, you know, I, I didn't put it out on social media. I was always I've always been. I started actually writing songs, singing and dancing when mm -hmm. I was young. I just did it for fun. I would play the drums. My brother would play the drums. He would sing, we would dance, we would beatbox. You know, we used to dance in the village, dance in the hood, you know, just sing and dance. But over time, yeah, was beatboxing. Yeah, we used to do that. Oh my God. You, you don't look old enough to even know what the fuck beatboxing is, let alone doing it. Then we used to beatbox. Actually, oh <laughs> I think we mix so like we play like bass with our mouth, and he'd be playing the drums, I'd be playing the bass with my mouth. You know, and we would start writing, and I start writing stuff that didn't make sense. Me, my brother, my cousins, we used to do that a lot when we were younger. Um, but, but um, and it was something. It was something for us, yeah, because it was something that we were used to just playing drums with our mouth. Because we used to play drums in church, you know, just small boys playing percussions, and it was just percussive drums like Jane Bay, the conga, you know. So we just sing for fun. We, it was not like you know any of us wanted to be like superstars or whatever. I had it in mind that I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to be a singer. Mm -hmm. But you know, you can't tell your African parents that oh, I want to be an artist. I want to be a singer. They'd be like, go to school. Is that like your doctor, a lawyer, an engineer? Or something, you know. So, so it was like it was a dream that I could not pursue. And of course, being in the ghetto, we didn't have all the, you know, we didn't have all the 
we didn't have all the resources to even chase it. I thought it was about survival for us. It was about getting out of the hood, getting out of the ghetto, doing something meaningful, you know. And and I was good with my sciences, so everybody just felt like, okay, that was what I was gonna do. Mm-hmm. You know? But when I started playing the violin, you know, and then my mentor, I was my brother's friend, after a while, he picked me up and was like, Yo, you're so good, you have this talent that it motivated me and wanted me to keep playing the violin. You know, he was like, Oh, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really into this violin. I'm a, I like to make beats and I like to sing. And he was like, oh, you're a born violinist. You, should, you need to sit down and figure out, like, you have a talent in this and you can add that to your singing. And I've never even heard you sing before, you know? And I'm like, I just sing for fun, you know? And so over time, you know, the love and affinity for violin, I developed it and I started seeing a lot of stuff in, in like, I was like, I think I'm, I called anyone else, like, I'm, I think I'm born to do this now. Like, I've been doing a lot of stuff that people do not know. That's how the violin took me into music production. You know, I started mm-hmm. making beats. I started writing. I said, then I went back into writing songs. Now, when I was, I started writing songs and composing music, it became very different because now I understood music deeper. You know, I was playing jazz music. I was playing classical music. I was listening to pop music. And so when I started writing the songs, God, I started feeling different, you know, as opposed to uh, just singing in the hood and stuff. That's dope. Yo, the, the, and your new shit, the one in a million. Oh my God, man! Are you killing them with that. And low key, man, people not giving Afro beats their props just yet, but Afro beats is slowly taking over as the premier sound on the planet. That's that's it. Afro beat is it. Afro beat is actually it's actually the the sound that is gonna be leading for a while. You know, it's taking over. It's really really <laughs> taking over. You know, it's taking over. It's just like the. It was just like um um reggae dance hall in the 90s shaggies um you know the shaggies the patras the uh, um shabaranks you know all this wild you know murder she wrote by you know shakademos and plath how it took over the world that's what afrobeat is doing right now so let me ask you this like with afrobeats is there like an old school section of afrobeat beats that is like critical of the new school very just the same way, like, just the same way you have it in hip-hop. <laughs> you know, you really? Yeah, it's the same. Because it's always been there. It's just now been exported globally. Okay. You know, it's always been a sound that we've had. You know, we've ha- we have the, we have, like, our own, our own, our own jazz sound. Mm-hmm. You know, and, of course, jazz is universal, but we have our own jazz sound. We have the traditional, and in, in Africa, you have different, different genre and styles of African music. The Afro beats that we have right now that has exported to the world is now is that pop, universal pop sound that was created from all these different forms of genres of local music. So you so have, that's what they don't like. Is 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 it's it's got like a you know like a, the MT MTV is not even a thing. But back in my day, MTV mm-hmm. was like the the music channel of Middle America. Yeah, we still have MTV based back home. Really. Yeah. Yeah, we have empty base in Nigeria. We have empty base in different parts of Africa. We have it in Ghana. We have we have empty base Africa. We have wow, MTV base Africa. We have MTV base Nigeria. MTV base. We've been doing MTV base awards for over a decade. So, at what point does does like coming to America become counterproductive? Like, like, <laughs> like seriously, like, like there's a a bigger market in Africa. Africa's fucking huge. Yeah, fifty something countries in Africa, bro. The the um the hip-hop was so big in africa as a whole that mm-hmm. a lot of americans did not know until they got back home until they came to perform they were like wait what because hip-hop culture is for me is the most influential culture hip-hop culture and rock rock and hip-hop influenced style of dressing influenced a whole form of genre of music around the world and it was from those hip-hop and pop that you know that if you would check New Afrobeat music like Afrobeats right now, dance hall mm. right now. You can even even reggaeton, you know, you can see the influence of the style of dressing. You can see the influence on the style of music video shoot. You can see the influence like the like the heavy influence of, of hip hop. You know, the way people dress, the swag, the everything, the sound, even in the rap itself. So it's yeah. always been hip hop has always been very influential, but a lot of you know, a lot of people here in America you know, did not know how big it was and how strong it was and how valuable, you know. But it was one of those things that influenced our own sound because it was more like an important sound that we picked up, you know. And, and now it's that we have like 
in, just in Nigeria alone, I can name over like 12 genres of music. And when you listen, you know, this is Juju. Oh, this is Afro Juju. Okay, this is um, High Life. Oh, this is Afro High Life. You know, this is, oh, this is Afro Beats. There's Afro Beats and there's Afro Beats with S. Afro Beats is a sound that was created, just created by um, Fela Kuti. You know, and Afro Beats is a, a genre of music by itself. You know, but when, you know, and then, but Afro Beats is African sound. African beats, all the pop exported ones. So it's more like the plural taking African beats across different parts of Africa and you know and just wrapping all of them as one. So Afro beats, the lead country spearheading it right now is Nigeria. You have Ghana and then you have South Africa, but Nigeria is the main country that's mm-hmm. exporting Afro beats, which is a fusion of pop, you know, hip hop and our own African genre sounds. So okay. that's what makes it that's what makes it that that gives it that universal global appeal. Because okay. it's something now that everyone can relate to. It's not as you know, it's not as con- concentrated as the ones you have back home. Okay. You know? I need to hear some of that shit though. Uh you, you need to hear like if you just Google just Google some African like top African artists, like especially those in the nineties, and compare the sound of the nineties, early two thousands to now, okay. you would see whole list of a whole lot of difference you know you can okay. still see the sound because it's a, it's a sound that has matured into something you know but you like see. i want that gritty ass like like uh, that angry afro beats <laughs> i know it's there it's there go listen to shem kuti go listen to you know fella kuti you know these are that's the afro beat sound itself they were this way this is this the father of afro beats itself no afro beats okay. and then okay. we have the juju music we still have the Fuji music. <laughs> you know, we have Fuji. I didn't know all this shit, have, man. You, you are know, teaching. We have yeah, you are teaching life. a class right now. We bro. have a highlight. Like, it's a whole lot of different genres of music. And, you know, we have all of them. All of them. We have, you know, there are a lot, a lot of them. A lot of them. We have the Afro Juju. You know, you know, because it's, it's a whole. It's a whole. It's, it's, it's African music. And then when you leave from Nigeria, you go to Ghana, you have the Af- Ghanaian, you know, genres of music. You live there, you go to Senegal, you have the Senegalese genres of music. You have like, you know, but all of them doing everyone right now, we still have that, but we have what is now exported, which is a fusion of international mm. sound and okay. like pop, hip hop, and our own style of music. So it is a now sprinkling everything. Yeah, it's now yeah, it is now that's what gives it that global appeal. And like you listen to essence, you listen to one in a million, and it's something that you can bump your head and move to and be like, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, that's you can play that in the club here. You can play that in the club in Nigeria. You can play that in the club in London. You can yeah. play it in the club in China. Like, yeah. and you're gonna get that same energy. You get that same you energy everywhere because it's more global and universal. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, how did you end up like like meeting Matthew Knowles? Like, like you go from Nigeria to like the <laughs> Beyonce daddy. Yeah, actually, I was I was uh, I was doing my grad school in Texas Southern University, and that's where I met um, Beyonce's dad. Um, he was a professor then in Texas Southern University. He was teaching, um, and then um, that's how we met. I think I had, I, he had he was taking a, he was doing a management class, mm-hmm. you know, for students. And then I had like my manager was also a student then. My well, I had a manager and I had a publicist then. But all of us were all students. We all met in Texas Southern University. We were all students. I was a grad student, you know. The other was a grad student. He was like uh, taking grad classes too. And so she, they have to bring like they bring like their friends or their artists just to their class so that they can perform and then they do like mm-hmm. assessment. So you know she brought me there and she was like, you know what, come perform. You know we spoke about it. She spoke to him and I've been trying to see him for a while. I will come to him and we we're like, okay, cool, let's make it happen. I came that day, I picked up my violin and I performed. And the whole class was like, oh my god, this is different. And he came to me and I was like, bro, I want to sign you in front of the whole class. I want to sign you. Let's have a conversation. And that's how the conversation started in 2017. So he, I got signed to him in 2018, like around March, you know, and then I'd released my music and then, but when we're having a conversation, he noticed that I used to sing. I, I sing, I have songs out of that song. So he went to watch the videos because he just knew me that I was a violinist because I played violin, I didn't sing in the class. When he saw that, he was like, oh, I want to sign you as an artist, bro. No, I just said violinist, let's have a full conversation. So the whole conversation changed from being a signed violin artist to being a signed artist. I was the only, I was the last artist that, that was signed to Matthew Knowles, you know, so... Because he was, he was going to end up not doing music no more, you know, after he signed me, before he met me. And then when he met me, he signed. Mm. And then he got, like, all excited and he had people working for him. And so that's how I met him in school. Made music. You know, I made, I had some songs out already and he liked the songs and we just did a remix to it. And that was it. Wow, man. And so how long have you been here? 
I've been here since um I'll say eight to nine years, like fully, like living here. I'll say eight to nine years, but I always would come then before, like two years before. So ten years, my first time ever in America was like ten years ago. And so you finished your degree? Yeah, I finished my grad school. Finished so my... you you didn't got a degree? You got signed by the 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 manager's manager. You've been on Fox News. You've been all over the place, global shit, like. In 10 years, yeah, you ever I just mean, sit back and be like, wow, actually, <laughs> I can't believe this shit is happening to me? Yeah, actually, I would say I actually started doing, 2016 was when I started doing music as an artist here, yeah, because in 2015, I just- Oh, you're just showing off now, so it's no, been no. 10 years. <laughs> I will say seven years right now, pursuing Domola the Violinist here in America, since we started in 2016. Um, I'm going to say, um, I was with Matthew Knowles for like from 2018 to 2019, you know? Mm-hmm. And then he stopped doing, I think he was having like breast cancer then and stuff. And he was trying to, and he closed down his record label. He didn't want to do music no more in that capacity, you know. And then, of course, my concert, my, my um, contract was transferred to another record label in London in 2019. And then COVID hit and all of that. But I'm independent now, long story. But I'm independent now. But that's, that's, that's the way it happened. Um, it was a whole, I would say it was a bumpy ride because, you know, Getting signed to him, I felt like, yeah, my world was going to change. And then, boom, he, you know, fell sick. He started doing, yeah. some, you know, had some other stuff he wanted to do. He closed down his label and he saw my contract to a record label or transferred my contract to a record label. And then our record label is based in London. I'm here in America. And, you know, the whole black, blah, 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 blah. Then, I'm yeah. like, you know what? COVID hit to 2020. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, God. So, you know what? Everything just ended like that. And so I mean, but you had a you you had a foundation already though. Yeah, yeah, I had my foundation. I was making my music already. I was doing everything myself already. So it was it was more like, I right, cool, just keep doing your stuff, you know. And thank God for my social media, you know. How do you end up running into Stan Shepard, another legend in the music business? It was from a friend, you know, a friend spoke to you know, a friend about me and was like, yo, okay. You know, and then I didn't even know all the whole stuff that was happening until, you know, you know, I got briefed about it oh yeah like a legend wants to meet you and that and that i'm like oh, okay cool that'll be nice and i spoke to him and i was like really so so you know impressed with the conversation with him and everything and he's awesome yeah yeah cool dude man and uh like playmaker is my guy awesome and I, yeah and i'm like man you got you gotta get you gotta help me get this brother on the show man, do, you, do you do you have your violin now i mean i have it in the trunk but i really I'm gonna use your shit and lie. You know, I was, I was gonna use the music part and be like, "Yeah, uh, baby, I, I made some shit last night." <laughs> I just What's wrong? I just remembered something. You didn't forget your violin, did you? No, I didn't forget, but I need to pick up something else. <laughs> So where are you performing at tonight? I'm actually at the venue. I'm I'm here at the venue, but um, it's a dope venue. Um, it's uh, I'm gonna be performing at the rooftop here. Oh, that's dope. Mm-hmm. That's the. What's the best thing? Like I've seen you do like a wedding. What's the best thing about that? One, one, one minute. Just one minute. Okay. So while we have a commercial break, ladies and gentlemen, um, I do want to say that tonight's episode has been brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still, and Nerve DJs Radio. You can catch Nerve DJs on WNRV and a plethora of other stations Monday through Friday, Saturday and Sunday, basically 24-7. On that note, we're back. I got to work on my, you know, I'm going to have to do some commercials and shit. I, that, that was comfortable, <laughs> you know. I had to put on my, uh, my, 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 uh, <laughs> my weatherman voice. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, you know what? You know what? I just remembered something. Like, now when you spoke about something, I'm like, wait. I just remembered something. I'm like, that's cool. Well, uh, what do you need? Huh? What do you need? What'd you forget? Um... <clears throat> I just remember that there was a particular stuff I was gonna, I was supposed to collect. Um, it's at home. I actually dropped it. I was supposed to use it to connect to the DJ, but I don't have it right now. So. Oh, wow! See, man, you owe me twelve dollars and twenty-two cents. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
funny. It's funny. I swear to God. It's funny. Like you said, when you said something, I don't know what, what we were talking about. And boom, you just, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, that was cool, though. I need to get this out right away, right now. You know, Yo, it happens, bro. Like, that's life, man. You know? Um, so, five years from now, where is Demola? Performing Grammys, winning Grammy Awards. <laughs> what's what's the, the African equivalent of a Grammy? There's no equivalent. So there's no award show there? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah award shows, though. But what I mean, equivalent, no equivalent Grammy. You know, yeah, yeah, really award shows um, that are actually dope. You know, we have um, our own. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what happened, but you sound like you went in a tunnel. Do you, do you hear me now? I do, but it just sounds muffled. Oh wow! Yeah. Let me see. Do you that's hear perfect. me? Good. Yeah, that's perfect. It's better now. Okay, cool. Yeah. We have a. We have. We have our own. Um, we have a. So in Nigeria, we have what we call the Headies Awards. The Headies Awards. Okay. The last Headies Awards was done in Atlanta here, um, last year. Headies is like our own. It's like our own BET awards. Okay. Yeah, we do Headies. We do the Headies Awards. We do um, um, and then we have the you know African Music Awards. You know, we have the AMA. We have the African Music Magazine Awards. Um, we have the MTV Base Awards. We have the Mobile. You know, Mobile is more like your NACCP awards. You know, NAACP mm -hmm. awards. So, so it's more African awards too. We have we have the musical awards and you know movie awards too, and and they're actually really good. They're really dope too. You know, but nothing compares to the Grammys. I'm sorry, bro. and we all know that. So it's not just it's not. I, I disagree, man. I I like. I, I prefer I mean, the 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 hour awards. Yeah, I I get it. I mean, but when I mean, I understand what you mean as regards nothing compares like like our awards will be dope and good but as regards in terms of in terms of maybe clout and respect and accolades mm -hmm. get to grammy like right now until we are people start paying more attention to yeah. our own awards and start coming yeah. for our own awards as opposed to oh yeah i cannot come but then you can appear on grammys but then you cannot yeah. You cannot come absolutely the mobile awards you cannot come to our own african awards but you'd actually cover the oscars than our own african you know than our own black awards you know we have that but yeah. until we are people begin to give that respect to it it's not going to be converted yeah yeah i agree you know? with you wholeheartedly i mean you know? it, which is wild because we are the culture i agree with you we are the culture actually you know, we you know what happens we dictate what happens you know like the asians they have their own awards and they have their own thing you know <laughs> and they they do it so well that now the world is trying to get them to come to our own you know come like everyone is trying to tap into the asians right now because because of the way they do their own thing and they have so much pride and prestige in their culture and their music awards their movie awards you know it's a whole it's a whole thing right now i feel like our people can do the same thing respect our stuff well enough you know yeah i would agree although man i love the african movies <laughs> you watch them I, I, I mean i couldn't like, I'm, I'm old man i don't remember shit but i will this shit be wild man <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you say, like, you, like you say you're old i really don't see you as old i swear to god oh I, my god man are you it, so young? if they had if they have this like rave i would like you, Yo. I mean, you're an OG. You sound like an OG, but when you say old, you got plays in my head like 70, 60, You know, I, I feel, feel like, like it. Shit. You feel like it? Oh my god! And I remember I, a few years ago, I called myself gonna dye my my my, my uh, mustache and beard, and my daughters clown me so bad, man. I just wanted to go in the corner and go. What is that paint on your face? Wow, it looks horrible. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's so funny. Like, y'all wrong. <laughs> Where the support at? Where the love at? I was like, Daddy, that dose does no, you know. But it was a valuable lesson for me. You know what? I like I'm in a space a lot of people don't make it to. I, I agree with you. That's that makes sense. Um I mean, yo, for you to have experienced, you know, the evolution of of hip hop and you know experience the great music from the 70s to the 80s to the 90s to the 2000s right now you know big prop to you and you said you're still alive job so yeah yeah it helps <laughs> i mean you would, you've seen you've seen a lot of you've seen you've seen decades of development of music form 
over the years so like you have a very strong understanding and a very strong you know grounding as you guys oh hip-hop oh k-pop oh rmb oh and now you see what's happening with, with you see what's happening with afro beats right now in the world so i mean you feel me like i mean i know i'm gonna leave that long to to see what's gonna happen like i pray i pray but when i see people like you who are like ogs and have experienced all this stuff it's kind of very very fascinating to me and i'll be like i wish i was i could i could like experience the music in the 70s and 80s and feel it and be there to see how well, it I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't really experience the 70s and the 80s was like i didn't really you know like late 80s like i was born in 72 so I really, you know, like my teenage years were, you know, the late 80s. I graduated high school in 89. Started going to concerts probably in 88, 89. Well, I mean, you heard you the know, music radio though. Oh my God, it was it was just different. Like the, it, the musical experience was more intimate. It was something that you plan, uh. you look forward to, like it, the accessibility of music now is really dope where I don't have to leave my car and I can pull up any song on the planet. But it's a gift and a curse. It's too True. easy to find. So you're not vested in artists as much. You're only vested True. in that, that song. Do you hear me? So you say what? I didn't hear you. Hello? Can, can you I hear me? You Do you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Yeah, it just it just, you know, it, it it it's just different. Things things change and some for the better and from my perspective, some maybe not for the better. But I don't begrudge anybody. Shit's got to move on. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Like you so you see that like what you said the experience, right? The experience of like just waiting for a whole music to be out waiting for the song to be ready and when somebody yeah. announces a tour you cannot wait to go on tour to watch i mean to see the person and listen to the songs live even before you have to go like buy cassettes and buy because i remember like oh, i grew up listening to cassettes now <laughs> i understand so, i grew up listening <laughs> to cassettes cds too so you sometimes we have to we have to dub over dub on on the cassettes and the cds like even when when you guys had like more advanced technology we, we didn't have that much advanced technology in the hood over there so we're still like maybe 10 years back when you guys okay. are to see this we're still using cassettes <laughs> so when we start using cds you gotta have moved into something else before the world became what it is right now where everyone can stream you know so yeah i grew up i grew up so i, I understood that part like sometimes i have to wait for for one particular dj to dub a song before we can eventually hear the song and when they play for the first time on radio everybody goes crazy now you release a song and you be like go stream people be like okay who's streaming later because it's always it's like it's there it's readily yeah. available so there's no point rushing to go listen to it what used to be crazy like like way way back in the day okay you knew that they were going to play they, they'd say we're going to play this song at eight o'clock tomorrow so you would sit there by the radio with your little tape cassette your little, you didn't put some little tissue in the little boxes at the bottom so you could record over something and sit there and wait till eight o'clock just to record that one song so you could take it around the block and let your boys listen to it. That's that's actually crazy. That's actually crazy. That's what you, that's what you know my older folks used to do then. I was just I was just young and just watch them do it and I'd be like, what are they doing? You know, but it's different right now. It's different right now. It is. It's all, it's all, hey, hey, I want to listen to your music, boom, just go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go on YouTube, everything is there. You drop a song what? right now and everybody in the world can listen to it. And that, and that's, you know, it, it has its own props too. It has yeah. Sparks. I mean, because like somebody in, in, let's say an independent artist doesn't need a machine to, to really become successful now. I agree. True. You know, like talent is easier to display where you can go in your, your backyard and do some shit and the whole world can, you can be viral the next day. Yeah, this happens to see. Hey, I have a witness of that. It's happened to me. <laughs> What's that feel like? like? Oh, God. It's a whole, it's like a drug. And when it does not happen every time, you feel like you're not doing something right. 
I'm telling you, I'm telling you, because it's a surge, right? And then everyone is always like, everybody's like, you're so good. We love your video. We all saw your video in the shade room. We saw your video. Like, I have some videos that are over 25 million views just on Facebook. Like, I have videos that have 30 million views. I have videos that I got, like, you know, they just go viral and the comments, everything is like a drug, bro. Like, you'll be like, wait. And then you'll be like, feeling on top of the world that, you know, okay i'm doing something right and then after a while the algorithm discovers that okay there's too much people seeing you right now you're not paying us and then it slashes your views you know on tiktok or instagram or whatever and then when you post videos you no more get those millions of views anymore you start getting hundreds and then you feel like am i doing everything right like what did i do wrong and it's not just you it's not just it's just the fact that the, the algorithm um the system is controlled in such a way that they're going to get so, so much exposure as a musician from these platforms you have to pay for it you have to buy it and, you know and if you get it like free like that and you just happen to be go viral it's just one of those times it's not going to happen every single time you know so i had to teach myself that you know and embrace every time i get virality because also last year december november december oh my facebook even till now my facebook still popping but my facebook was popping heavy i post i cough like this two years <laughs> I spent <laughs> four million. I'm, I'm, I'm not paying, bro. Like, for real. I, people be begging me, and I'm like, wait, for real. You know, until Facebook starts like slashing my stuff, and I'm like, wait, I used to get millions of views, and I'm like, ah, it's okay, it's okay, it's one of those times. It's gonna come back again. It's like a wave it's going to come. Have you tried fan base? I'm actually, I just, I just opened a fan base account. You know, um, that's Isaac Hayes's. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I opened a fan, fan base account and I, um, I like it. I would have liked, but I've not, I've not really explored it. You know, I plan to really explore it from April. I mean, well, you got a big enough following where you could probably reach out to him, and he'd respond. Mm. Okay. I mean, I'm actually on the platform. It's it's just me starting to, you know explore the use of the platform you know i can probably send him a dm and be like all right i'm on your platform i love your platform and see where it goes from there i mean well you got you get you have the marketing guru the goat rocking with you like it doesn't get any bigger than the playmaker for me and i ain't just saying that because that's my guy like but the, the nigga just does incredible shit that i couldn't even conceptualize let alone put together wow yeah, like you know, certain people just have. Everybody's got a gift, and he found his shit. You know, what, which is a beautiful thing. Like, like you, you, you found yours, and you found it like pretty early in the game, which is really a blessing. Because I still don't know what the fuck I'm good at, to be quite honest. Yeah, man. Out, outside of like walking, you know, I've got that mastered at this point. Other than that, I don't know what I'm good at, to be quite. I'm just a regular person. You're good at these, bro. Like, what you're doing is, is awesome. Yeah, it's like 12 people watch me, bro. So I'm not that good. No, it's not about people. See? That's what I was talking about. <laughs> you know? I, well, you know what? I haven't had the viral moment. Like, you know, but not, not that I really care, to be quite honest. I'm um, I'm gonna say this right. So sometimes it's about like oh numbers, like, and sometimes it's not about numbers. Like we kind of place our like for us as musicians, it's like yo, we need everyone to support our music. We need everyone to you know work with us. We need everyone to do this. And we need everyone to do that, and that's it. But we place a lot of times we as humans we place our value on numbers. Yeah. How many people? How many people love you? How many people you know work with you? How many people? love your stuff how many people talk about you how many people are and it doesn't mean that you're not good you just it's just the marketing that needs to play out yeah you know yeah. it's just the marketing if the marketing is done right a lot of things will come to place and it's just sometimes timing you know yeah i remember uh a guy omar who was like i've been podcasting shit about eight years now and he'd been doing it a couple of like a year or two before me and it was like the best advice I have for you is don't look at your numbers. If you don't enjoy talking to people, don't do the shit. True. And I just like having dope conversations with dope people. You know, your talent will get you on the show, but it's your story that makes you stand out. 
I agree. I agree. And then consistently, you just have to just keep doing your stuff. It's just consistency sometimes. Because before I started going viral, I remember many times I was like, ah, should I stop this? Should I this? People are not responding. Like, but I'm like, okay, the five people that respond to my likes, I mean, to my stuff, the five people that like it, the 12 people that love what I do, I'm just going to stick with these 12 people for now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And you don't yeah. forget those 12 people. And you don't forget them. They don't forget you. <laughs> they usually don't, though. Like, those people will rock yeah, with sometimes, you sometimes they, forever. Yeah, but sometimes they, they get bored. You know what I'm saying? Like, eh, I've been following this person for a long time now. <laughs> and they just feel so loud. I'm, I'm talking from experiences so because I know a lot of people like, that used to be like comment on my stuff early on, Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram, and I don't see them no more. All of a sudden, some they appear after like three years again, and I'm like, oh, wait, what happened? And I remember, I remember this person. They be like, yo, you're so big now, you're verified. When I was following you, you were had, you had only two or three thousand followers. Now you're on three hundred thousand and something, and I'm like, where did, where were you? Where did you go? Uh, I'll be here. You really? <laughs> you know, it's like that. That is kind of weird. How some people will just watch you but not let you know that they're watching that's just kind of creepy in a in a, in a in a little way it's dope that they're keeping track or tabs but at the same time it's like well, why you didn't say shit i mean i don't i don't know that part i don't know why they don't <laughs> i sometimes i think about it and i'm like i don't know i really don't know does um, it creep you out when people recognize you in the streets no it does not that's what i want are you like that shit huh yeah, like that shit. I like that shit. I'll be like, now, 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 does it does it massage or boost my ego? Not really, not really. But it just makes me feel like, okay, what I'm doing is reaching people. But when people walk up to me, man, I love your work. I'm like, thank you, because that's what it comes to tell me. I love your work. I follow you. I love your music. You're so you're you're amazing. That, 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 that's what that's what makes me feel good not the fact that oh I know you you're a star you're a celebrity but it is the I love your work I love okay. what you do you know and that's the only reason why I'm doing this is to reach out to reach out to more people you know what I'm saying so how hard like how 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 long does it take for you to become like super just I don't even know the right word like I, I played the, the the not the violin but the uh, the flute when I was a kid, and I was pretty I was serviceable at best, and I'm not sure what happened. Your shit just froze, so I'm not sure if you can still hear me. I doubt it. Although the frozen picture is like some epic shit. It's like you can see the sunlight in the back, and you're staring off, gazing into the stars. It, <laughs> <laughs> Yo, um Okay, yeah, me? I think we good. Yeah. You oh yeah. you went into you were like in the parking structure or some shit. Yeah, I guess I'm I'm not too far from you know my place. So I'm like, thank God my rich place because I need to pick up just one particular one particular plug that I'm gonna be connected to the DJ tonight for the event. You gotta do what you gotta do. I think yeah, you're talking about my family. Like, oh you have you, you, you asked me about you have different kind of values. And then, boom, my brain was like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's, so what do you, like, what do you rock with right yeah. now? Like the only, I've heard of a, what is it, a Stratus Veris? The super expensive one? I don't have the money for that. <laughs> Saving millions, bro. That should be like millions of dollars and I don't have the money for that. You know, really? but I have like different values. Like I'm gonna be using the violin. The violin I'm gonna be using. The one I have with me that was you tonight is just some particular connection. I have another one also, but the one I want to use tonight, you know, that's why I needed to go bring bring, bring the connection, you know. But I use okay. a, I have like different electric. But I'm actually even, I'm gonna be buying another one in ne- by next week. It's a five string instrument violin by Yamaha. That's a it's a it's a um, it's a it's a Yamaha electric violin. But other than that, I use um, my violins are expensive. I wouldn't like. I like the acoustic violin more. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get like Strad. I have a Strad copy. So a Strad copy is like you make a a, a, a a different version of a violin that is like a Stradivarius violin, but you copy. You know, so okay. they go copy and that, and and it's cool. It sounds good. You know, I like to use my acoustic violin most times because I can 
connect it to my mixer and to my effect, whatever, and make it sound electric. Mm-hmm. And it still has the big body. It will still sound like a electric vo- electric violin and have a big body. And then I can also sound acoustic. And I can also sound semi-acoustic with it. Because so it gives me all the options. But as opposed to like an electric violin, an electric violin will always sound electric. It okay. cannot sound acoustic. It cannot sound semi-acoustic. You know, so anytime I go for shows, I go with like one electric violin and my my, my normal acoustic violin. And I have about four acoustic violins. Four. So what, what violinists do you look at and be like, wow, they're fucking dope? Sorry, I missed that. I said, what violinist are you listening to where you're like, man, this person is dope? Yo, my friend, Dominic um, Hammonds, he's dope. Um, Black Violins is a group. These guys have been doing this stuff like since early 2000s, over 20-something years doing this stuff, or late 90s. Um, they're very successful. And they're mm-hmm. black, you know, they're good at violins. Um, I listen to a lot of classical violins. Um, Ishak Pellman, you know, um, that's it's still alive. Um, I listen to a lot, of, a lot of all of these young folks too. You know, Joshua Bell's very exceptional. It's a very exceptional violinist. I listen to Joshua Bell, Nigel Kennedy. I love a lot of classical violence. I listen to a lot of oh, classical. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. We are we are walking into richness right now. No, I, I, had, to set to, I had to, to, I had to set that, that up. It's <laughs> 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 my shirt. It's my shirt. You know, his maid is going to get his violin right now. <laughs> Yo, if people do want to get in contact with you, they want to book you for a show. Um, how do they go about doing that? Yeah, um, people reach out to me. Most times they want to send my email. They reach out to my website. They reach out to emails, my official booking email. Um, yeah. And then some a lot of people reach out to me on social media. They go to my DMs and send me stuff, and then I refer them to my. Uh oh. That's the security at his uh, palatial estate. They had to shut it down so we, we won't be able to know where he's at. Sorry. <laughs> this is the life of a target position. So, info. <laughs> Uh, this week alone, this week alone, I have five events, one concert for you, for shows, private events. Damn. Yeah. Today. Are they all all Are they all in Texas or are they spread out? No. Um, they all spread out. Today's number two. Yesterday was number one. Today number two. Tomorrow number three. Saturday number four. Sunday number five. I just flew back into Texas. Um, you said I was in um, ADL, I was in ATL, and then flew in. I was in Little Rock first, and I was in ATL, then I'm in Houston, and I'm going to Baltimore, and I go to Dallas, and I go to DC. And I come back you gotta, watch, you gotta watch your shit in Baltimore, man. There's still everything. <laughs> Respectfully. <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all my Baltimore people, though. <laughs> Yeah, they're gonna come for you for what you just said. They probably will, but they—I'm not going to Baltimore. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Where are you based out of, though? Milwaukee? No, I'm in Cleveland. God damn. Oh, Cleveland. Okay, Cleveland. Yeah, Ohio. yeah. That's solid. That's solid. Yeah, you know. So, but I, you know, I I ran into uh, actually the playmaker at a Scarface concert last. I want to say it was last year. Yeah. And oh, well, I was know, just oh the con- Scarface is like oh my god that that was a, one of my uh, definitely on my bucket list I I was able to scratch that off. Not only did it did we you know we had like full access. Uh, shout out to my guy Mikey Eckstein and shout out to uh, student minister Troy Muhammad. Um, but we got a chance to chop it up with Scarface after the show. How how is he like? How is it? Scarface is exactly how you think Scarface is. Wow. You know, and and if you fuck with Scarface music, then that makes complete sense. Like the dude was just dropping gems all over the place. Um 
listening, you know, and I don't know, I probably, we, we, we stayed backstage talking to him probably about an hour, hour and a half, which like Scarface is definitely in my top five of MCs of all time. So being able to do that was, was crazy, you know, so. And the dude's performance is phenomenal. So, I'm I'll just give you a heads up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to like when I get down to like the second or the first floor, my network is gonna, you're not gonna see me anymore for like maybe another few minutes. And then I'll be back. I mean, well, shit, man. We we only got like five minutes to go anyway, bro. So oh, yeah, it's not that big a deal. I know you got shit to do, man. Not... No, you like, I'm, what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, before you go, I'm gonna ask you this question. Like, I said before you go, I'm gonna ask you this too. Like, um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now. But you like going in slow motion. And the audio is even slower. Yeah, I think that is your thumb. It's like going really slow. It's like a a 1970s karate flick. Never understood why they really tried to do the uh, voiceovers and those karate flicks. Cause they were absolutely horrible. Like you did not watch that before you put it out. <laughs> I know that's got nothing to do with nothing, but <laughs> I, I, I think I think you good now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you clearly now. Do you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Solid, solid, solid. So you wanted to ask me something. Yeah, I was gonna ask you. I was gonna ask you a question. I was gonna say, um, um, what? Who is your favorite? Like your favorite? Who's what's your favorite music? And who's your favorite artist? Oh, Tupac. <laughs> no wonder you asked me. You wanted me to do some Tupac song. Okay. Yeah. Because Tupac makes Tupac is a human being. And he's able to emote that through his music. Like he says some ratchet shit. He says some unbelievably humble shit. He says some unbelievable emotional shit. Um, he just covers every aspect of what it is to be a black man. And he appreciated the gift that God gave him, unlike very, very few you know very many artists at all like the dude made i don't know how many albums by the time he was 25 you know that just showed a conscious decision to leave a blueprint on this existence unlike any of his predecessors you know and i don't think i don't think it'll ever be duplicated that somebody will make that much quality music in that short of a time that he's probably got another album we've never heard somewhere he just keeps he just keeps me you know um and that's why like when people be like it's biggie and Pac. i just don't give Pac. i mean biggie and you know i think biggie was extremely dope but he just didn't have enough product. He did not appreciate the gift. Like Pac knew, you know, you could say he kind of self-fulfilling prophecy or whatever. You know, he lived a certain, he lived like he was going to die early. And he did, you know. And Biggie lived like he was, you know, he. it's almost like, uh, you know, I got a long time. I'll make a, a, a CD every other year and be good. And unfortunately, that it, it didn't happen that way. So, so Pac had more songs out, I mean, you were breaking up a little bit, but I'm thinking you asking Pac had more music and more songs out, and and, and 
not even just the 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 quality of the music. Like anybody can make a whole a, a bunch of songs, you know. But most people, like when they pass away, the songs they put out are songs that they wouldn't have put out when they were living. He was putting out; they were putting out songs about you know from pot that were just like dope. Like this nigga was a genius. Yeah, he, was. He, he captured his time frame, unlike any other artist. True. See what you say. Yeah, you know so. I gotta give him his props for that. Okay. Besides Pac, who else? Oh, besides Pac, who else? Mm. I don't know. I think every everybody else is situational. Situational, why? Yeah. Like if I'm if I'm feeling, you know, like more it's it's more like I may be feeling, you know, a little romantic. I'll throw on some Anita Baker. Or, you know, I may be feeling a little, you know, like if I wanna hear some some I hate using the term conscious music, but for lack of a better word, you know, um I'll throw on some public enemy from back in the day. Or or uh 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 Oh my God! Even speech from Arrested Development, I throw some some of his music on. Um, my guy, I know a guy uh, uh, that is out of Flint who break the foundation. Just like makes some really really dope conscious music. You know, if I'm feeling angry, you know, I might throw on get get rich or die trying. Or if I want to work out, you know. Just kind of, you know, it's it's not, it's not another artist that really has captured me as an artist completely. Um, there, you know, Ice Cube would be close. Uh, I don't know, uh, Scarface would be close. Mm, LL Cool J would be close. You know, um, Drake actually would be close. Awesome. I mean, well, Drake like is like you, you. You may not like things about Drake, or he's too syrup, whatever the knock is against the nigga. The man been on top for a decade. I like that dude. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like and, and if you're on top, you're gonna have a lot of criticism. But that dude could literally put out a, a, a album of singing nursery rhymes, literally. And the shit would go to number one. Like his fan base is just unlike anybody else's. True. You know. Um, all right. Well, I'm gonna ask you one more before we wrap it up. Okay. You get you get one artist that you can work with. Who is it? Bruno Mars. That's a man. I'm not mad at that pick <laughs> at all. That dude is dope. This is yeah. Bruno Mars, bro. <laughs> and Bruno Mars does not miss. He does not. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see that absolutely. And, now and, you see, and wow. <laughs> you, huh? see, you see the collab, right? <laughs> yeah, I could absolutely see it. You know, and and he seems like the type of cat that would go out his way to make sure it sounded like a collab and not like a Bruno Mars song with this nigga on it you know True. and the, the dude is just a genius like he's one of the few artists that have taken from the 60s to 70s the 80s the 90s and and created his own lane you know shout out to bruno mars on that note man um before we go anything you want to say anybody you want to say what's up to the whole nine yo I just want to say I love you guys and thank you so much for bringing me on. Thank you so much for, you know, the love, basically. You know, I want to say thank you to you and to your entire team, to everyone. Um, and then people are like, oh, where can we find your music? Where can we find you on social media? I'll give you my social media handle so you can stalk me for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> At the Mullen Violinist, D E M O L A V. I O L I N I S T. The 
Marlon Violinist on social media. So on Facebook, on TikTok, on Instagram, you know, on all of these whole platforms at the Marlon Violinist. Um, on YouTube, the Marlon, D-E-M-O-L-A. That's really YouTube, the Marlon. And then on Spotify, on Apple Music, on all streaming platforms, it's the Marlon, D-E-M-O-L-A. I'm the only one that's going to pop up. So. Yeah, I know. I tried. Um <laughs> That would help. <laughs> yes, yes, please go out and do that. All twelve of you people that watch. Go and, <laughs> and listen to that shit sixteen hundred times a piece. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Uh, hey, yo, it's a dope song. The video is a breath of fresh air, man. I, I, I truly appreciate you coming on the show, bro. It was an honor. Um, if there's anything I can ever do for you in the future, please don't hesitate to let me know, and I got you. No problem. I appreciate you so much. Thank you so much. Big thanks to Playmaker. Big thanks to Stan Shepard. Thank you guys so much. No doubt, man. Have a good one, man. Enjoy your show tonight. I will. I'll kill it. I'll break legs. Absolutely. I, I know you will. Have a good one, <laughs> bro. <laughs> Yo, um, that was really dope, man. I do appreciate uh, Demola, the violinist, man. Um, wish the brother nothing but success. And one of these days, man, I'm going to get over this fucking fear of flying. And I'm going to go back home to the motherland, man. And I absolutely want to visit Nigeria, man. Looks so, so fucking beautiful. Um, but, again, thanks to Stan Shepard. Thanks to the Playmaker, man, for making this happen. Definitely has been one of my highlights of the year. Um... Much success to that young brother and wish you all the greatness that the planet and the being, celestial, whoever, God, whatever you believe in has to offer. Um, on that note, man, this is Jobs and you have been tuned into another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio. Oh, and while I'm at it, yo, I, I'm sponsoring uh, one of the, well, I'm a co-sponsor for the M3S3 event in Miami, April the 29th. They got bowling. Actually, it's like the weekend. They got bowling. They got a basketball game. They got a whole bunch of shit going on. Make sure you tap in. Um, I got. I also bought a couple of tickets um, just to give away. Uh, if you want to go and you can't afford it or, you know, whatever the case is, there will be two tickets waiting on you. Just let Fred know. So shout out to the whole family over there, M3S3, and no studioing. Um, shout out to Geechee. And... It's looking like I may have clean paper on this this Sunday. So shout out to clean paper and shout out to my guy, Big Umpke, for setting that up. On another note, man, we out. Y'all have a good one.